Father, I thank you for, again, we thank you that you have not left us alone, uh, that you have given us your Holy Spirit to be with us. And we are not left, not only not alone, we are not left powerless to do uh, the things in our lives that we are, that you want us to do, O oh God, and to live the, our lives the way you want us to do. So Holy Spirit, uh, we ask that you come now and help us, O oh God, be our help. Uh, because you are here to help us. So we pass this meeting to you. We ask that you will do your work among us today. Uh, speak through our elder, Edwin, with your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, and I want to thank everybody who texted me in the past few days that you are praying earnestly for me. It matters a lot. It brought me great comfort. Uh, the only one who stressed me was uh, Chi Ming. Uh, she just uh, texted me, and he gave me a few instructions on what I'm to do today. I'm to keep the message short, teach less, tell more stories, end early, and have altar call. Uh, I can only promise you that there will be stories. And <laughs> You know, it's amazing. I, I just uh, text my friends who are praying for me that this is very, this is very ironical that today I will be preaching uh, and telling you about depending on the Holy Spirit. Uh, but uh, up to Friday uh, morning, uh, I was struggling with the message. I had started early, uh, three weeks ago on this message, uh, took leave sometimes, uh, work on Saturdays and Sundays, and I had nothing. Uh, I had three trials this week in court, uh, and the trial of Friday ended very badly, and I came back uh, feeling very deflated. Nonetheless, I took leave, and I decided to go to the room, and I prayed to the Lord. I said, I, this is just not right. I cannot be preaching to people about depending on you, and it's so obvious I'm depending on my flesh. I've been working hard. This is so much material. I can't do it. And I just prayed, God, you know, I won't pray until you come and fill me. And so uh, after prayer in the afternoon, I went up to the room. I put aside all my materials and I started to draft. And this is the message. I agree with uh, Joanne that uh, preaching on the Holy Spirit is, is difficult. It's very demanding. It's like preaching on God, Jesus Christ. He's everything to us. The Christian life is about the Holy Spirit. So what do I, what approach do I think? But let's start with this passage which I've chosen. Oh, by the way, we are in, the, um, uh, if you're new with us and you are visiting us, we are doing a six-part sermon series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm taking the second uh, sermon today, Be Filled with the Spirit. Uh, Vincent Lim, who is now with us today, he will be taking the fruit of the Spirit. And then uh, Chi Ming will take the 28th of July and the 11th of August on the spiritual gifts, part one and two, and in between we have uh, love. Right. Let's read this passage because I will be preaching mainly from this passage and, and second from the uh, New Century Version. Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. So be careful how you live. Do not live like those who are not wise, but live wisely. Use every chance you have for doing good because these are evil times. So do not be foolish, but learn what the Lord wants you to do. Do not be drunk with wine, which will ruin you, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak to each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making music in your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Everybody wants to know. Um, I want to give you uh, two meanings and both are correct in the first meaning on the left hand box first 
To be filled means that you are being controlled, which is why Paul said he compared it to a person who has taken alcohol and up to a certain limit, he loses control because, uh, you know, alcohol takes over. So to be controlled, uh, just as in, um, we see in Acts 5.3, when Peter said to Ananias, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have light to the Holy Spirit? In other words, by the way, it's, it's the same word. In the Greek word, it's the same. Filled. How has Satan filled your heart? How, do you, how can you let Satan dominate you like this so that he has full control over you, Ananias? So, so this is to be controlled. All right? This is the first meaning. The second meaning is on the right-hand side, on the right box, where it means that people you see have, a, have certain characteristics that are highly visible. Uh, so, for, for example, this child is full of mischief, uh, you know, and 1P. Uh, and the Pharisees, the Pharisees were just full of hypocrisy. And uh, when Jesus went back to his hometown in Nazareth and he went to the, the synagogue to preach and he said some things that were quite offensive and, and didn't please their ears. And the men in the town of Nazareth, Luke 4, 28, they were full of anger and they chased him out. And of course, we, we have heard people say, oh, he's just full of unbelief. He is full of joy. Uh, these people must be, are they newlyweds on honeymoon? They're so full of love. Uh, this guy is just a wonderful guy, full of compassion. So there are some characteristics uh, in this person that is visible and is identifiable and it can be seen. So in the Bible, we have uh, these verses which I just mentioned. Uh, this is uh, being food uh, in, in the first meaning of like being controlled by. There's a controlling power. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit uh, Luke 4, 1, Peter was filled with the Spirit. Then he said to them, right? Jesus was filled with the Spirit. Then he returned to Jordan. Uh, and, and of the disciples, after they had a, a prayer meeting and they were filled with the Spirit. Then they spoke. So after being controlled by the Spirit, they did something. They went out to do something. Uh, they could proclaim, they could gospel. After being filled, after being controlled by. So this is the first meaning of being controlled by. In the second meaning, uh, uh, certain characteristics that are plainly visible in Barnabas. Ah, Barnabas, he is a good man. Uh, I know uh, Luke wrote in the book of Acts, good man, full of the Spirit. You, you can tell this man is it's just so full of God. So it's talking about some characteristics that's very evident in this man. Stephen too, they, they, they chose the deacons, uh, the deacons, Acts 6.3, they chose seven men and the criteria is that they must be full of the Spirit. You must be able to tell that these people are very godly people, very God-led people. And so Stephen was one such person, Acts 6.5, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Spirit. Now today, I will talk more about uh, being full in the first sense of being controlled by. All right? More on this aspect. So there are three things about this verse, be filled. In English, it's just be filled. But actually, it's not so simple. Because in the Greek, it is... In the passive voice, it is in the present continuous tense, and it is in the imperative mood. So if you, uh, what I mean is passive is, uh, I'm drinking, I'm fetching, but please take for me, please fetch the thing here. I'm not doing anything. Someone got to do it for me. So uh, it happens to you. To be filled is something that somebody has to do it for you. Jesus, God has to do it for you. The Spirit got to fill you up. Passive, present continuous, then it, it, it's, it's happening, it keeps on happening, it is continually happening. 
and uh, imperative uh, in the sense that it is an order, a command. You must be. So if you want to, to uh, uh, draft it correctly, but not caring about grammar and good English, it will be something like that. You keep on being filled continuously. Because we, we can't write like that. So in English, it's be filled. So just take note of this. It is something that you cannot do. Somebody got to do it for you. It is happening. It has to keep on happening. And it is an order. You've got to do it. All right? So keep this in mind. Now, I want to be filled with the Spirit. I'm sure you want too, but how do we do it? Right, uh, I think that it happens at three levels, three stages. At the first stage, in the initial state, it is called the believe stage. When I believe in the Lord, the Spirit takes residence. He indwells the believer. He is present at conversion. And 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Indwell. At the first stage, this will happen and it is a gift to you. 1 John 4, 13. And we know that we live in God and He lives in us because He gave us His Spirit. Now, it doesn't mean that when you are filled in this sense, at level one, stage one, that you will be filled in a deeper level at level two. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean. It doesn't mean that if he's resident, that he's also ruling. At the next level, we are called not just to believe, but to surrender. When we surrender... He's no longer just present. We're not just aware that He is present, but we want Him to lead. We want Him to direct. So at the next level, He becomes the president, not just resident. Romans 8, 14, the true children of God are those who let the Spirit lead them. Only at this stage, when you let the, the Spirit lead, when He can direct, when He is the ruler, He reigns, He is the master, He's the Lord, when we surrender to His leadership, then we can say that we walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 and 25. Galatians 5, 16. I say to you, then walk in the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That is stage two, level two. I want to suggest to you, dear friends, this is the meaning of being filled with the Spirit. Now, you may say that, well, it's not a problem. I, I'm ready for that. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and fill me. It's, it's not so easy. Now, if you are like me, you may be better than me, but if you are like me, you know, uh, let me see. Uh, sorry, I just want to... Yep, okay. You'll find that it's very difficult because we are so independent. It is very unnatural for us to yield our lives to people or even to God. Actually, we cannot have more of the Spirit, do you know? Because the Spirit is not doesn't come to us drip by drip, bit by bit. He's a person. He is a whole person. He indwells, but he may not control, but he is a whole person. So in a sense, we cannot have more of the Spirit unless the Spirit has more of us. Now that is the difficulty. I want to tell you a story uh, of Mrs. Sue. Now, if you, uh, from, uh, from MBRC, and I don't know whether you remember an old man, Sue. Uh, I was a youth in, uh, in Sunday school, uh, well, secondary school, and my counsellor, um, Arrow O, got a group of youth, possibly Jimmy was in that group. We went to Mrs. Sue's house, which was a shop house. 
he lived with a son, a, a grandson, but uh, was often not home. So actually, he lives alone. And the house was a, a real mess. You know, uh, uh, old people, they, they could barely uh, look after themselves, so they have no time and energy and, uh, uh, well, just the ability to be caring for their, living, uh, their home. Their, their living condition was quite poor. Error brought us there. I thought that we are to clear things out, but we, uh, <laughs> Mr. Sue's idea was to clean it up. So what we did was that after mopping and sweeping, and it's, it's a shop house, it's not easy to do it, we just mop and the tables and the clean and the dust, and then we started to bring things out. I was running up and down, and then Mr. Sue walked. No, 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 don't throw don't try that away. No, 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 don't, no, I, I, I want this. No, 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 leave, leave that, leave that. So I was, I was looking at Arrow. It's, it's clearly rubbish. So Arrow said, so we all went back to the street and we carried the things back. And oh, oh, we, we threw away some things, but a lot of the things were brought back. What we did was to rearrange Sorry to be so rude, the rubbish. It really, a lot of things were not very uh, usable, uh, uh, and certainly he didn't need. But we arranged them and put them away neatly, and that was it. Th that was house cleaning. And it left a very deep impression on me that that was what Mr. Su wanted. Um, and that he didn't give us permission to discard these things. Now, I want to tell you a story that is very different. I heard this story at the end of June when I visited uh, Pastor Don Wong at the New Carries Mission. And, uh, you know, the New Carries Mission uh, started some time ago, but in 2008, uh, while they were fasting and praying, uh, the Lord impressed upon uh, Don Wong that his boys, uh, this is a drug rehab center, all right? The boys are not just to look after themselves and just want to get... They, they have to be reaching out. And the first mandate from the Lord was this. You are to pay attention to the old folks, the elderly. You turn your attention to them and my first mandate is that you are to enrich their lives. So, that, okay, God, we will do it, but how do we do it? Uh, more direction from the Holy Spirit. Then they went to Angmokyo Avenue 1. They picked the blocks there that were one-room flat, all rental flats, and the boys went there uh, once a week. In fact, they are still doing it, right? Once a week, they will go. This is, this is community penetration, like what we do in Taiwan Garden, but once a week, uh, the homes were... Uh, well, the, many of these old folks, Don Wong said, uh, were neglected, or they were abandoned um, by their relatives. Uh, obviously very lonely. So these boys would go and just talk to them, visit them weekly, uh, cut their hair, trim their nails, uh, uh, run errands for them, stock up basic necessities, entertain them, worship, sing song, organize block parties, uh, excursions, uh, organize outings. Oh, they, they love it. For two years, uh, it was enough in this period for a deep bond of affection and fondness to be uh, established between the boys and the old folks. Then in 2010, they received while praying and fasting that the Lord wanted them now to move on to the second thing, to improve their living conditions. So how, God, what do you want us to do? Buy them uh, potted plants maybe? Uh, what do you want us to do? And the impression was that go and improve their homes. But we don't have money. So this is, this is the home refurbishment project, they call it, uh, the HRP. And then they spoke to several sponsors and they got sponsors who would give them furniture, uh, sponsors would give them curtains and beddings and other sponsors who were, uh, uh, you know, sponsored the paint. And so they started to work. Uh, they told the residents that this is what we're going to do for your home. The response was lukewarm. Many of the old folks didn't want uh, even though uh, in the two years they had become friends, that, that you would think that they would trust these people to do something so wonderful. But I said, no, these old folks just didn't want us to touch their things and to, uh, to throw away their things. And so, okay then, they persuaded just 
one or two families, though, and they told them, please, can you allow us to do this? And so a few were persuaded, and they started with the first home, and said, the condition is this, uncle, you have to trust us, all right? We, to transform your house, you've got to get out of the house. We are going to remove everything from your house so that we can thoroughly do a thorough job. You've got to get out. So the, he agreed, and the uncle left. And after the transformation, of course, brushing and cleaning and, and bringing everything out, changing the curtains and bedding, and the new furniture came and everything, and the man came back, just amazed, of course, uh, Don Juan showed me an album. This album is full of pictures of before and after because they had already done 100 homes. So it's amazing. It's like a, it's new, clean, bright. So when this man came back, he was in tears, very deeply moved that people would care so much for them to do so much. And then, what did you do? I asked Don. Then we brought the things back because we have... We had no permission to throw away things that were theirs. And what we did was this. And when the things are brought back, Uncle, do you see that we have brought you this already? This one is not working. Can we throw away for you? It's okay. Uncle, you don't need this, right? It doesn't fit in this nice environment, right? I think we better don't keep it. Lah. Okay. Uncle, this one, we don't live outside anymore. Okay, we have cupboard space. We'll pack now nicely for you. You say, okay, we leave it in the kitchen rather than in the hall. Okay. And so, the aftershock, neat, nice, wonderful. But he has to give permission. You don't just visit me. I'm giving you permission now to refurbish my home. You are president. Not just a guest. You take charge. And it takes courage. It takes trust to do that. And so, I will tell you the story later because there's a, there's a nice part to this story in part three of my sermon. Now, <laughs> I think that this is the way God wants to work with us. Uh, you know, God is not just prepared to be resident be present in our lives. There is so much that God wants to do. In the same way, the Spirit wills, the Spirit wants His rightful place in our lives. The Spirit knows the mandate that we are to be transformed, clean up, sanctified, washed, and to be transformed until the house looks like Jesus Christ. But we must submit to His leadership we have to follow His direction. We have to accept His control. We have to take His direction. We have to let the Spirit do a spirit control refurbishment. The Spirit is not just a resident. He is president. We want that. It sounds very good. Like I say, it is not so easy Yielding to the Holy Spirit is not a natural thing for us to do. We are still very independent from the life we used to live. A life lived without God. Just because the Holy Spirit now enters our home does it mean, doesn't mean that He now takes over the house. We guard this house very jealously. Retaining control to as much as we can hope. As long as the Spirit doesn't bother us too much, we rather keep those areas to ourselves. So if we have no needs, then we will not seek. If there are no great challenges in our lives, we will not pray. With adequate resources, we depend on no one and certainly don't depend on the Holy Spirit. When we have options, I will not ask for direction. Actually, it happened just on Friday. I tell you, that's why the trial went so badly. You know, at the CDR and mediation, it went so well for me. 
The judge was fully for me, and the judge said the plaintiff's case ought to be dismissed. And the plaintiff suggested to the plaintiff, uh, the, the judge suggested to the plaintiff's solicitor, you better negotiate with Mr. Chua for this case to be discontinued. And I told my client, my client was so happy and so confident. And, and then, of course, I was just forcing them, right, to, to drop hands and say, okay, we will drop. Uh, but can we drop hands without costs? My client said, no way, make them pay costs for starting uh, an action like this. So, well, okay then, we went for the hearing. My client is an Ang Mo from UK. She's, she's confident, very confident. The English is so good. I'm very, very happy with him, really. Uh, I'm very prepared. I was boosted by the CDR judge indication, which is very favorable. My, my client was also backing me up. Go ahead, go with it. I went down 90% because the trial judge on Friday was totally not with my client, totally was not convinced by my arguments. And I, I was so deflated. I tell you, did I pray on Friday? Actually, the thing about it, I, I don't remember praying. You know, I was just, I just want to just get on quickly because, you know, um, I was a little late for that hearing. If I have options, I was asked for direction. If I feel adequate, I, I, I wouldn't consciously think about depending. And that's a problem. It's, it's not so easy that we will make the spirit, the precedent. Let me go on. If you are ready to make the Holy Spirit your precedent, I tell you that there are, there are two things that God wants to see in you. And this are the, uh, the first thing is a state of longing. What do I mean? Look at the left box. John 7, 37 to 39. Jesus stood up and shouted, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. First state. This is what God wants to see in us. The first state is the state of longing. Because until we thirst, we will not seek. And we will not thirst if we have, unless we really have nothing. Let me, let me just give you uh, an illustration of what I mean on, the, on this first state. Now, um, Oh, so, sorry, sorry. Let, 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 me just, let me just finish that slide, all right? Uh, the, this slide has, has two parts. If anyone, if anyone is thirsty, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing, and let him who believes. And this will be the second thing. The second thing that God wants to see is belief that he will do it. You see, I think that a lot of people just don't believe that everything that the Word of God says is really applicable to everybody. Of course, we have read about the lives and the ministry of Hudson Taylor and the, the transformative power of the Holy Spirit to George Muller and William Carey, Bill Bright, George Wilver, Lauren Cunningham. Yes, God, you can, you can do it through them. You are great. We believe this story, but we just don't believe that the Holy Spirit can work as powerfully in me as the Spirit did in them. And actually, you got to you got to look at this. Uh, sorry, let, let me. Uh, sorry, yeah, okay. Uh, I just did the slide this morning. Actually, it is not correct. This is completely wrong thinking because in Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus said that if you then, if you, although you are evil, you know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father not give you the Holy Spirit if you ask of Him? Do you know, Paul said, that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine? not only to some group, all of us, according to His power that is working in us. I will now tell you 
how this works, right? When these two conditions are met, you have a state of longing and then you really believe that Jesus really, God really wants you to have it. These two conditions. I'll tell you now the story of uh, Don Wong. I was with Jeffrey Wong on one Saturday. I went to the New Caris Mission uh, campus and I met the founder. Uh, I will tell you a bit about the story of this man. It's, it's amazing. I, but well, probably, probably you think that this story is very familiar because he was a drug addict, uh, uh, ex-drug addict. He was uh, straight on the path of destruction at the age of 13, and that's secondary one. At 13, he was already collecting tattoos. He joined a gang. He took marijuana and met. He dropped out of school at 14. At 14, he had the first taste of heroin. At 16, he was heavily involved in the gang and was rioting, which then led to him being arrested. But because he was only 16 years old, he was given a two-year uh, probation sentence, uh, you know, like curfew hours, must be back uh, by seven, but two years probation. And then after that, he reflected upon his life and he resolved, I am going to walk the straight and narrow path. The parents were in tears and he begged and then he called, he raised his hand in Sompa. I swear I'm done with drugs. And then he fell, he went to prison. There was a time. There was a particular day, he said, that uh, when he came out of prison at 1 o'clock, and by 3 o'clock, he was high on drugs again. And then, uh, his struggle is not, not for lack of trying. Three months later, he went in again, this time for another two years for the same crime. Then in 18, uh, 1983, he, attend, he was in prison. He attended a chapel service, and he, he, has, uh, he said that he has been attending chapel service intermittently, and a lot of the prisoners, inmates, go to chapel services, not, not because they're interested in spiritual things, but it's very good to network, because uh, uh, these inmates are from different, uh, different dorms, and in, in these meetings, they can network, and they can exchange contraband items. He couldn't care less about the preaching, and he really, you know, uh, look with disdain the people who gave their glowing testimonies about what God. But one day, in 1983, he said that he attended the service and he just felt that God was speaking to him through the words of the Bible. He said that I, for once I, I felt just so ashamed of the life that I took so much pride in. So anyway, that was just a service. But there was a strange feeling. A few weeks later, his wife and his mother came and it was an emotionally painful visit, he said. Uh, he, he said that in the past, he wouldn't care less about, uh, you know, what, what kind of hurt he has, he has caused to people. He couldn't care less. But that day, there, he was under a pall of depression. It, was, it weighed down so heavily on him. He was so unaccustomed to this kind of guilt and shame and regret. In fact, he, he contemplated suicide. For a moment, he thought about, why don't I just die? If I can't change, then why don't I just die? Instead of hurting so many people, he recalled. Then he remembered the sermon that he heard three weeks earlier. And then he thought, I should ask this God. Then he prayed in, in the only way he, he knew how. God, I hear that you can change lives. Can you change mine? Then, after that, he broke down in the cell, right? I mean, he's not alone in the cell. There are other people in the, the inmates. He broke down and he sobbed and sobbed. He said it was, it was just not the macho thing to do. And he just sobbed uncontrollably and he was whispering quietly, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry. And the, he was truly broken, he said. There was a remorse that he never experienced before. Just after that prayer, 
God, I hear that you can change lives. Can you change mine? Immediately after that prayer. And then that was followed by a sense of peace, a strange joy, a lightness in the spirit. And for that night, he said he slept exceptionally well. But he didn't, he didn't know what, what happened because no, one, no pastor laid hands on him and prayed for him and lead the sinners. But he didn't know what was happening. And it, usually in the morning, when he go to, uh, for breakfast, it would be communal. And, and normally he said that his mouth is very foul mouth. And so when he, uh, when he started to greet the people in the canteen and uh, the, the, the vulgarities rolled up and then he suddenly was held back. He said, suddenly, while I was talking and, jo- and joking, I was extra sensitive to the obscenities that, I, that is so much a part of my life. Why am I holding back? Why am I feeling so awkward and, and uncomfortable? Then he uttered another prayer. Oh dear God, please, please be patient with me. I don't know how to speak in any other way. Please be patient with me. Then he started to pay attention to the word that is being preached in chapel services. Then he started to read the Bible. Then there was a deep hunger to know God. Then he saw his spiritual life grew by leaps and bounds. So actually in the cell, there was a conversion and the Spirit filled him. How did the Spirit fill him? There was a deep sense of longing. There's a desperate longing. And he believed, if you can do it for them, can you change mine? Two conditions are met. So the, the Spirit came upon him powerfully. He was filled with the Spirit. I, I have no doubt with the kind of transformation and awareness and the hunger and the thirst, he was filled with the Spirit. Then in 1985, he was out of prison. Well, this, this happened in 83, right? So two years later, he was out of prison. He said that actually he was longing for a bit of freedom. And he was already 25 years old. Uh, you know, and he did try very hard for six months to keep clean. He attended church. In fact, he even got permission to go back to, for chapel service in, in prison. And, but the lure of temptation proved too difficult to overcome. And then he said that in 18, 1985, he returned full swing to his old life of smoking, drugs, nightclub, horse syndicate, gambling, womanizing. Conscience was seared. Heart became hardened. He was willfully disobeying God. He, he admitted all this in his book. And the next year, in 1986, he was back in prison. And so this began the journey of 20 years, right? For 20 years, he went in and out of jail nine times, including one time in the detention barrack when he was in the army. He said that he made numerous attempts over the years, he's, uh, but he kept on running afoul of the law. And he failed each time until his wife divorced him. Now, 1993. He was now 20, 33 years old. He had a few more months before uh, the release from prison. Uh, I think he said about 10, 10 more months. Uh, a leader in the halfway house invited him to join the halfway house after his release. So he had a lot of time to think about whether he wants to. Actually, he said he don't want uh, because the prison term is two and a half years and after our prison, he going to spend another nine months, you know, restricted rights. He just really, he was fighting, I don't want. But the spirit started to work again. The spirit spoke to him and nudging him uh, and he said that he couldn't ignore the voice of the spirit and it started, the spirit started to stir in his heart and after much struggling, he gave in so upon his release in 1993, he said this prayer. He said, this is a very arrogant prayer, but he said this prayer upon his release. God, if you don't succeed in transforming my life completely in nine months, then let it be. This is the end. Now, does it sound like a desperate prayer? It does. I think he has enough of this. First condition, a deep sense of longing. And does he believe that God might want to do it for him? I think so, because he prayed again. He obeyed the prompting, he prayed again. If you can't do this, let it be, but I believe that you can do it. Can you just do it one last time, God? Two conditions are met. Was he filled with the Spirit? I tell you, it is. I'll tell you the story now. He went to the chapel service upon his release in this halfway house, 
one day in 1993, this is March 1993, in a chapel service, a guest speaker preached a very simple message. He said that, to be very frank, it was not revelatory or new, but it was convicting. Because every word from that speaker pierced his heart like an arrow. He was, you know, and then he was, uh, the, the thoughts came flooding in his mind, you know, and he spoke to himself, Don, what have you really done with your life in the past 10 years since you have come to know God? You were supposed to bring Him glory instead that you have, br you have brought only shame and disgrace. And the author called, he was the first to run up. He fell on his knees. His hands were trembling and he was broken the second time. He said at this time, he was broken by the grace of God because he knew that the, the Spirit came upon him again. He was filled with Spirit again like what happened at conversion. He was filled with the Spirit and he said a simple prayer like this, a, a prayer of repentance and rededication. I commit my life to you. From this day forward, I will live for your glory. And then he wrote that on his Bible, that little prayer, the two-line prayer. You know, I know that sometimes we just don't want to pray, we are so desperate, but you know, that was a Spirit-inspired prayer, Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. You, you don't even know what you're talking about. You have failed so many times, and the Spirit just take control. Don't worry, I'll help you to pray. For you do not know how you ought to pray. The Spirit is praying for you. God, I commit my whole life to you. I will live for your glory from this day on. James 4, 6. But He gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. And He received grace that day. 21st of March, 1993. And... Uh, Fast forward in 1995, just two years after that second feeling of the Holy Spirit, he joined the community of Praise Church in the pastoral team. He was invited to be a pastor and then he was invited to start a new work called The High Point. You probably have heard of The High Point. He was the founding uh, leader of High Point Halfway House and in 2005, he was ordained as a pastor and the new Caris Mission was founded in 2006. You cannot believe what the new Caris Mission house is like. I'll tell you the story later. Now, now I, I know that there are no drug addicts and I, I can't really... Identify. Now I'll tell you my story, all right? I'll tell you my story of how I was filled. Now, before that, I want to make a point of, from the story of Don Wong. Now, it really depends on whether you think living the Christian life is difficult or impossible. So let, let, let's, let's look at these verses and you, you just mentally put a check, difficult, nah, impossible, difficult, easy. Matthew 5, 28, I tell you, Jesus said, I tell you, anyone who looks at the woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in the heart. Difficult or impossible? Matthew 5, 44, but I tell you, Jesus said, you love your enemies. You pray for those who persecute you. And I want you to be perfect because your heavenly Father is perfect. Difficult or impossible? 1 John 2.6 Whoever claims to live in Him must not try to. You must live the Jesus life, the way He lived. Difficult or impossible? 1 John 5.18 we know that everyone, is, everyone born of God does not continue to sin. Difficult or impossible? I tell you why I'm asking you this question. Because as long as you think it is difficult, you will keep on trying. But when it is impossible, you stop trying and you ask the Holy Spirit, resident, Please now be the president. Take control. I need you. I can't do this. 
I keep on falling. I can't. So, it has to be impossible before. There is a deep longing, the desperateness for the Spirit to come and fill you and take over what you cannot do. All right? So this is the summary. You will, you will just do and do and try and try, but if being Christ-like is impossible, you will give up trying and you will depend totally on the Holy Spirit. First John 5, 8. We know that anyone who is born of God does not continue to sin. You know why it is possible for John to write like that? It is possible when the Spirit lives that life through you. It's no longer you who live. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Galatians 2.20 So, John can write like that. Well, we know anyone who is born of God does not sin because the Spirit lives through you. And then uh, the disciples, uh, uh, after an interaction with, uh, with, with Jesus about, you know, about, the, about divorce and, and all that, and they said, wow, well, this, this is very difficult. Uh, you know, it's, it's better than that we don't marry. Well, then, then Jesus said, well, what is impossible for people is impossible for God. And another time he said this, that is, it is very, uh, that it's, it's very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. <laughs> you know, it's like going through the eye of a needle. And then Jesus again said this, what is impossible for man is possible for God. I tell you, th- th- this is not difficult to live. This is impossible to live. You look at the Ten Commandments. Oh, of course, oh, I, 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 I don't commit that. Uh, I, I don't have idols in my life. Uh, I keep the Sabbath. And, and then you, you just go through that, that list of ten and you tell me that there is not a single one that you can't lift up now. Impossible. You look at the Sermon of the Mount, chapter 5, 6, 7, 8. You look at it. You look through the list and you put a tick on everything that is easy or possible. Or difficult but can you take it and then you you take another red pen and you take those that is impossible i tell you we are honest this is an impossible life to live because we are asked to live the jesus life and if we think it's difficult we will keep on trying and we will keep on failing and then we will give excuses i'll tell you a story of my struggle and I am running out of time. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm running out of time. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, during a, a G5 session, Chiming uh, uh, asked difficult questions, all right? He asked one of those difficult questions. I, Edwin, I suppose you don't have problems with pornography? Because I, I never share about this, you see. Well, I, I, I thought about it. Well, actually, let me tell you my story. I, uh, I was introduced to pornography when I was in the army. When I was an officer cadet and I was training in Taiwan, uh, we had R&R and we went to the hotel room, we just switched on TV and it's not TV, it is it's cable TV, it's, it's from, the, from the hotel and, and my buddy was not around and I watched it for at least 15 or 20 minutes uh, before I just switched it off and ran out of the hotel, remorseful, uh, regret, repenting. And then when I became an officer, uh, the officers have movie nights and they have happy hour and very often they have movies and not, 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 uh, not pornographic movie but X-rated. We will call them uncensored movies and all the officers will enjoy it because it's so hard to get uncensored movies and I will enjoy watching it for maybe 10 minutes, 15, something 20 before I, oh, ready. the spirit just wouldn't give me peace and I, I will run out. Now, uh, then when I started work, uh, uh, the the house is quite clean because I don't buy magazines like Playgirl, (laughs) Playboy, whatever magazines, you know, and pen up. I I don't have that. Uh, There are no no tapes of of that nature. Uh, And so it was not so much a problem initially, but later on, uh, there was internet. And then it was just not just internet, there was YouTube. And... uh, uh, so I, I, I had to help myself, all right? At home, I have to keep the house really clean. So no, no uh, videos, uh, no players, uh, no internet, no TV. 
And uh, what about, oh, you got handphone, yes. Uh, combo one, one gigabyte. You, you don't want to watch <laughs> movie on one gigabyte. Uh, so everything has to happen. If I fall, it will, I will fall in the office because it's unlimited use. So fell, I did. Sometimes when I'm very late, uh, and I work very late, when nobody's in the office, I watch uh, uh, documentaries, catch up on news, and sometimes you would uh, watch, uh, maybe, a, a, oh, this Korean movie, uh, just see what it's about, and then there will be on the side all these other things that you want to look at. Oh, this is click. And, and sometimes I will fall into very unwholesome movies. Maybe they're not pornography, but, but it's as good as pornography because they're very graphic. It is, uh, uh, in the past, it we call RA. Uh, it is definitely very unwholesome, a lot of nudity. I will watch for 15, 20 minutes, almost half a day. I will feel very, why am I, I, I should not even be looking at this for a minute, let alone 15 minutes. I will run out of the office and repent and feel sorry. I will clean up. I will not do it again. I failed you. I grieve you. So sorry. Then months later, I would, hey, this, I would stumble upon something and I'll watch for 15 minutes and then I will just, just go on. Then one day, while in the office, there was a deep sense of the Holy Spirit speaking to me. You know, the Spirit said that, you, you, know, you know what's wrong with you, Edwin? You, you, you think I'm the spirit of truth and the, you think that I'm the spirit of grace and the spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and knowledge and peace. and Yeah, all this in the scriptures. But do you know that in the scriptures, I am known as the Holy Spirit? I was, it really pierced my heart. I just felt that the Spirit was speaking to me. Holy Spirit, above all, I'm holy. And I want to conform you to the image of Christ. This is not a problem, just problem common to man. This is called lust. And lust is sin. So that day, I prayed a prayer in desperation because I've, you know, I've stumbled so many times in this area. I prayed that night, give me the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I do want to be holy. I have no solution, God, unless my office computer is disabled. I have no power to change. I yield this area of my life to your leadership. I will not succeed in holy living. Spirit, please help me. Was that desperation? Condition one man. I told you, I, I was really desperate. Genuine, okay? This is for me. Number two, at that time, I think I believe uh, that the Lord is going to give me the grace. Condition two met. And uh, the leadership of the Holy Spirit took over for that, for that area of my life. So, uh, so, so now, now I report to Chi Ming, right? So this is the story I told Chi Ming uh, and Kevin and, and uh, Jeffrey. So I was thinking about it now. Uh, Actually, it's been a long time since I even watched YouTube or, or stumbled on anything. Then I realized, of course, the Spirit took over. That was not my work. It was the Spirit work. The Spirit, you know, no real change can happen until there's a heart change. The Spirit really changed my heart. And I didn't even realize this. It was, in a sense, effortless because I just surrendered. So be continuous. It's a passive stand, remember? Passive word. The Spirit then continuously keep on filling it so that that area continue to be under His control. And the heart change was taken by the Spirit. So we have this. Uh, Galatians 5.16, I say this to you, let the Spirit lead you in each step. If the Spirit lead you, you are filled with the Spirit, you will not, not you might not, you will not please the sinful desire. And it is true in that particular area of mind, by the way, I want to tell you that I'm not in one gigabyte. I know people laugh, but my, my colleagues say that I use three gigabytes a week and I have to restrain myself. No, no, but actually, I have 20 gigabytes now. The reason why I got 20 gigabytes is because Singtel gave me a, a special plan for $25 and get 20 gigabytes. I'm not using it, even though I can. I am using about three gigabytes now. 
a lot more than one, but I'm not using it because it's not a problem for me anymore. Even if you give me 100 gigabyte, I will not look at it. And that's what Don Wong said. At the meeting when I spoke to Don Wong, now, if I put all the cigarettes and the drugs in front of you and nobody is watching you alone, will you touch it? I will not touch it. It does no appeal to me. I would, I would be sick by it. Because the Spirit had cleaned up that particular, that area, there was leadership. He is president, not just a resident. He must be the president. All right? So what happened is, what happened in Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take away that old heart. I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you. You see, this is a spirit that energizes you and that enables you, empowers you to live the Jesus life. And so, that's why John, John can say that whoever is of God cannot sin. He knows what he's talking about. It's truly, he knows. And I'm going to end very soon. Now, how can I be continually filled? You can be continually filled if you, please remember these three things. One, you must be honest. You must call a sin a sin. No more excuses. I only fall occasionally. This is not a, a really that much of a problem. You know, a lot of these movies now, there are a lot of unity. This is not acts. Once in a while, stop all that. Don't give excuses anymore. Don't be defensive. Say that you, have, you are lured to this, that you keep on stumbling. Tell God that you really cannot, you're very irritated with the person. You really cannot say that you love that person. Just be very honest about what's in your heart. Number two, you've got to be very dissatisfied. Father, I am not Christ-like. I'm not, I'm not like you at all. In so many ways I've failed. I am not experiencing the kind of the power that the Bible talks about, there's a big gap between this and this life. I am not satisfied. I am not effective in my, as, a, as a witness and in, 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 in the, my ministry. I am dissatisfied. And third, you have to have this spirit of neediness, spirit, maybe this is a model prayer spirit. I admit my limits. I really can't do this. I can't. I will give up trying now. Spirit, please lead me. And if you lead me to give up something, I will. If it is painful, I will obey you. If I have to cut off internet, I will. If I have to downgrade my plan from 20 gig to 1 gigabyte, I will. Leadership. Let the Spirit now guide, direct, lead, empower and I tell you what the Spirit will do. He leads you on a journey. And this journey has three stages, right? The, the stage one is when you just believe. In stage two, you surrender. But the third stage is a wonderful stage. is the trust stage where he's not only the resident, he's not only the president, but now you identify with his mission. And not only do you know his presence, the second stage, you take his direction. And in the last stage, you carry out his assignments. And this is when I want to finish the story of the, the, uh, uh, the new Caris mission, you know, the, the, the hundred homes that they, the hundred homes that they, they renovated. What happened is that the neighbours got to know about it. And everybody went to these model houses and then everybody signed up for it. Because it's our, our life. Our life is just like that. We live such a brilliantly bright, attractive, wonderful life and, and people will come to us, uh, can, you, can you pray for me? Can I ask you something? Uh, what do I do? People will be attracted to the Holy Spirit because you are the image barrier of Jesus. We are ready for mission and we will carry out the mission. And by the way, new, new, uh, the new Caris mission now goes to so many countries. They started with Malaysia. They just go to the, the halfway houses in Malaysia to, to share their expertise, they give their resources, share their testimony, inspire people. And then they, they went to China and Taiwan and the Philippines and the Thailand and Burma. And they are going all over Asia to share, to proclaim, to carry the, uh, you know, the testimonies of God, to proclaim His name and to magnify His name and it's reaching out. Okay, and then one day, the Lord gave uh, Don Wong a, a, a vision, a vision that he will have a uh, community hub. 
not just a rented premises. So they fasted and prayed for two years and they were getting a bit impatient. But for two years they prayed and finally one day he received a call from the Minister of uh, Community and Youth, uh, Tan Juan Jin. And Juan Jin said, are you interested if we offer you a community hub? This is the building of the formal North Light and Geylang ITE. It's, it's, it's huge. I was there. It's huge. And school buildings, hall, fields. Are you interested if we offer you this community hub? And, but you, you, you are only a tenant. Huh? We have to renovate first. So they spend 1.5 million renovating in Cleveland. Oh, so happy that we are not the tenant, that we are just a tenant. We don't have to take over because the government cleaned it up, prepared the place, they just moved in. Now, if you are on a mission with God, He will sustain that mission. In fact, He will expand your mission. Then there will be more feeling in the second area of life, the third, the fourth. He will just clean you up. He who has started a good work in you will, will bring it to completion. In fact, He wills in you to obey. So it's not so painful. Oh, another area. It's, it's just more and more of the spirit and more of, more of the control. And you just love it. And why do you love it? Because finally, the spirit is not just a cup that you go to. Please help me. Spirit, please supply. Please deliver me. That, that's, that's water on the left-hand side. Yeah, because he, he's just present. So you always go to him to get water. But at the second stage, when he's president, when he's president, he says that this spirit will be like a well. This is the well inside your own home. You don't have to carry water. There's no external source. It will well up within you and you will never be thirsty because the well is inside you and this well is gushing from inside. It's eternal life and you are just enjoying the spirit-filled life. And when you have enjoyed enough of that, when you are clean up, you are ready for the river because the spirit is also a river. John 7, 37. If anyone is thirsty and come to me and he believes this river of water will flow out from that person's heart. And he was actually talking about the Holy Spirit. Now you are ready for mission because you identify with mission and like a river that goes everywhere in all directions and everywhere it goes, it will be green and, and there will be life. Now you are that river, not just a well, and your life will start to make impact. I'm very sorry, Chi Ming. I really wanted to do an altar call, but let me do a simple altar call because I just feel that the Spirit wants to say something to us. Brothers, can we just be quiet before God? If the musician can play some music, that's fine as we prepare uh, to meet God. Brothers, sisters, are you like me? I know I've got to admit to you, I've, uh, there are a lot of areas in my life that I'm not even... Uh, I've not shared and I'm, I'm quite ashamed to share, but area by area, bit by bit, I've, I've been beginning to realize that this is impossible. Impossible, not difficult, but impossible to live. And we really need the Holy Spirit's leadership, not as a resident, but as the president. And if you feel this way, brothers and sisters, because no one's looking at you, but but Jesus is, and the Spirit is hovering around us. The Spirit of God is with us. And you raise your hand and say, Spirit of God, you're tugging me. You are telling me something. Today, I'm going home, and I'm going to lock myself in a room. You give me the courage and the ability to be really honest with you. You put a spotlight in those areas. I am going to spend some time with you today. Please give me no distraction this afternoon. No distraction. Nothing to pull me. I raise my hand now. Spirit, please help me today. Today you must be present in a more powerful way. Come and help me. And you raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Right? I'm going to pray for you. Father, you see these hands. This is the hand. These are the hands who they understand that they are in a very desperate situation. But more than that, there is a longing. These are the people who really believe they really believe that you can do it for them as you have done for others. Let me lead you in this prayer. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, 
Thank you for leading us into a relationship with you. Thank you for taking residence in our lives. But God, Holy Spirit, we want you to be the president in our lives. We want leadership in this relationship and you take the lead. We reaffirm today that you are indeed not just Saviour, but you are Lord. Today, God, when we go back to our rooms and we spend the quiet moments with you, give us a sensitivity to you because we really need today to sense your prompting. We need to hear your whisper. We need to feel a nudging. We need to be emboldened by your leading because we need to make some decisions today. And then we need to be empowered by your presence. Give me a new heart. Fill me with your presence like the way you visited Don Wong in the prison cell and later on in 1993 at the chapel service. In the way that God, you spoke to me, Edwin, in that office room about holiness. Fill us, God, with your presence and your power. And God, whatever you say today, we ask for grace and strength to say yes. Yes in big things and in major choices. Forgive us, God, for not yielding to you in the past and for grieving you so often. As we are spirit-led today, I pray that we will be spirit-filled today. And I pray that as we walk with you, our lives will be a river, not just a well, a river. People on a mission. We long to be full of the Spirit, to be people of the Spirit, people full of the Spirit, and people that other people can see. This is our prayer, and we will give credit to you. Thank you, God. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for giving us attentive ears today. This too is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we praise you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to say this, if there's anybody who really feels that you need to have leaders pray with you, I've, I've asked a, a few leaders to just stay behind, don't, not to go downstairs so soon. If you really feel that uh, just one-to-one, -one, someone to pray over you is, will be helpful, while others exit, you just stay behind in the first row and we can have a bit of time together, all right? So this, this is uh, um, just, just, uh, just you, you and us, all right? The altar minister and you. Thank you and good afternoon.